So our featured artist tonight is El Habib Luai. El Habib is a beat scholar from Agadir, Morocco, and he's working on translating the poems of Allen's, Allen Ginsberg and other U.S. poets into Arabic, which I, what? I'd love to hear about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, there's a couple of places you can go to find out more about El Habib. Uh, one, both of them are, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Paul, both of them are, are Paul uh, associated with paulsplab.org. You can find a link to El Habib's schedule, all these in the area. Is that right? Yeah, he's got one more gig at the North Cascades Institute Thursday night. Okay, and then at, El, at paulenelson.com, there's a link to an audio of... Uh, the talk that El Habib uh, gave regarding the beads, and I, I think you might, is that the same talk that's coming up? Yeah. Okay, so um, uh, that's paulenelson.com and splab.org. Uh, El Habib has been touring the country. He's recorded some of his translations while he's on this tour at uh, the Ginsburg Trust. He's been giving readings. And uh, apparently his PhD work is on the Beats and their Moroccan connection, which ultimately uh, degraded into the song Marrakesh Express. But I'll bet, I'll bet, I'll bet there's some purity, some purity still to be found. Please, please welcome Al Habib. So uh, I'm very delighted to be here in Seattle and in the States, you know. This is my first time in USA and this is my first time in Seattle. And I have been treated very well by my friends, you know, and they took care of me here. And I would like to thank them very much. Paul, Jennifer, Ryan, and all the friends. Jennifer and Ryan was my professor for the last year of my master's degree in comparative literature. And we meet there. I'm very delighted that I'm staying with them and meeting them here again too. So, Alan and some Facebook friends also are here. So, yeah, basically what I'm doing is I've been. I asked for two weeks visa, two week visa to the states, and they give me ten year visa. So, uh, this is the first. So this is the first thing. It was a blast, a kind of a, a bliss and a blast, maybe two, metaphorically, things. So um, I ended up thinking about how to to go on this be on the road thing, you know, and start the trip, which would be an epic in my life. And I started contacting all my Facebook friends who were interested in the same thing as myself: poetry, translation, literature, beats, Morocco. Some who have never, in fact, heard about Morocco, but they were interested in the beats. And we have certain aesthetic sensibilities, preoccupations, things we would like to change in our own societies. And we were all of us, and are all of us, trying to do this through the spoken or the written word. So that's how I got in touch with Paul, and he brought me here. And I got in touch with Anne Waldman in Tangier, and her 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 son Ambrose Bai stayed in my place and that's how I got in touch with Ron Silliman, Charles Bernstein, Alfred Rees and other poets who are the language poetry movement yeah. pioneers. So 
and Bob Holman as well, with whom I gave a reading there at the Bowery Poetry Club in New York, and then visited Ginsburg's grave, Patterson, New York, his high school, everything, Carlos Williams, thing, I've been to Narupa for a week, and uh, Amy was also there. I've been awarded a scholarship to uh, like attend the creative writing program, and I gave my I did reading with Anna Waldman, Thurston Moore, the middle. Uh, if maybe you all know about him more than I do, because I thought I, I told him the night I finished my reading on the Laughing Goat. Oh, you play very well. You use that. What do you call that thing? The knife or the bow? He said, Oh, the bow. I said, you play very well. And later on, when I got back to Reed's house, ex Ann Waldman's husband, he said he has been there since late 70s, 80s. The, what's the Sonic? What's Sonic the, Youth. Sonic Youth, so anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know about that band. I like, I like blues and jazz, and I listen to everything from the 20s up to the 70s, and I stop because I don't like disco. <laughs> Disco and discotics. Also, also, anyways. So, uh, okay, yeah. And so, let me read some very old poems, which I wrote maybe three years ago, four years, and they have been uh, triggered by certain incidents, events, where my own traveling. I went for a a month, two weeks hitchhiking from Istanbul along the uh, Mediterranean, wanted to cross, w cross to a little town in Syria when the protest started, and then went all the way to Konya where Rumi is buried, and then continued to the Iranian uh, Turkish borders. I couldn't get to Iran, and I wanted to go to Armenia, no buses, no trains, so I went to Georgia, Tbilisi, and from there, I took a shortcut through a village to get to Armenia. So, I have a poem which I wrote about this trip, which is uh, called uh, "Nothing Remains the Same." So let me write. Let me start by reading this poem. It has a, st a strophe kind of thing. A stanza of it is in Turkish, but I will translate what it says. So let me start by reading this poem. Nothing remains the same. Where could you be tonight, Sinatra? Love and marriage, love and marriage, like a horse and carriage, they go together. A chant I heard reverberate as far away as the length of the waves I rode and disposed when I was bound to a remote island called Bruyukada. The permanent contact of what you mean transcends me the moment I kiss your lips, and I know that meaning is produced only in an unexpectedly rambunctious union. Succinctly, I dissect everything looking for generic terms. I lived somewhere back in Kadikoi at nine o'clock sharp near the theater where I heard a beautiful young voice lamenting Istanbul in operatic tempos. Dinli bini birashisht since in Istanbul, Sibir Sini, Sin bin Sibir Sid, Dinli Bini Birasisht, Since in Istanbul, Dubir Sini, Sin bin Bini Uzir Sin. Listen to me, little kid. You, you, you love me like Istanbul. Listen to me, little kid. You, you, you beat me, you heard Istanbul. This is translation. Barbarossa Herodin Pasha. 
Fadih Sultan Mehmet, Jalaluddin Rumi, all proceeded towards Istanbul again. Alas, nothing remains the same. Everything is only revisited once again, even the empty sunflower fields of Kutahya. Detach yourself, postmodern Kerouac, from the vicissitudes of a stuporous life where nothing transcends the ephemeral. I know that I will make a deadline just because life manifests itself unintentionally in those experiences I wave. I thought my days could end on a ship to Prince's Island bound. Alas, a Russian girl took me aside to recount her Icelandic memories to a dismembered Moorish heart. That's the first. So, um, here, let's go back to something I wrote with all these wars, what's going on in North Africa, Arab Spring, religion getting involved, and not knowing anymore who to believe, and who's right and who's wrong. I wrote this poem which is called In Mannequin Dualisms. In light, it's translated into Italian, it appeared in 100,000 Poets for Change Anthology last May. It was translated by my friend Pina Piccolo, who, is also, who also translated Sam Hamill. Wow. So, just before I left Morocco, she gave me two anthologies, you know, where she published Sam Hamill. Uh, in light and dark, in dissident stark, in evil and good, in civil and rude, in pagans and believers, I do not believe anymore. These are mere mythical expressions of a reality beyond you and me, injured with ethical intentions, perpetuated in quasi-ontological premises, mosques, churches, synagogues, temples. It is hard to fathom what it means to hold an ethnic distance, to sustain a racial difference, to carry an identity burden, to nurture a religious strife. We have had enough already of such empty promises, of situational solutions, of improvised closures distilled from our last blood drops. Let us just strive in our rotten hive as busy wandering bees, not as any quiet Americans relishing in fleece of ashes and diamonds. We still need to travel the longest journey to the promised lands of the outsiders where no angels ever dared to tread to elect our last prime ministers of freely administered death. And again, this is another poem which has been published lately uh, by my friend He's an American, American, Moroccan, Latino poet and interviewer. He lives in San Luis Obispo. And that's my next stop. He just published this poem, I think, a week ago in Expats Poetry. So it is called, We Are All Numbers in Their Statistics. After all, we are all numbers in their improvised statistics. Why should we bother? Winter bitterness gains momentum, a blind, lame, centipede retorted. 
Numbers can be used to numb people's senses. Numbers can be used to reduce or raise people's consciousness of what slips memory as in a census of deer in lush dismembered forests of Cascadia or Saskatchewan. Even in the order of things, as Foucault once suggested, there should be numbers since they easily allow preventive disqualification of dissenting voices, simulated authenticity of political malefactors, logical oversimplifications of battle casualties, irrelevant equations of electoral promises. Above all, numbers can be used for humane subtraction in dreadful times of distress spent in dark corners of silence wishing for perennial happiness. Yeah. And I think here is a, a poem which was inspired by my seventh reading of Proust, Marcel Proust, à la recherche des temps perdus. So I call it In Remembrance of Things Lost. I will read Proust again alone in a southern room somewhere. I will stand desperately again in the corridor waiting in vain for the morning light to come to reform your lost memories of a virgin loosely swinging by. My condition to words, words ceases to enable what I conceive and I turn dissolutely in turns to Russo's new confessions. Alas, the abyss is so unfathomable, and I regret my abrupt downfall. I was certainly surprised by my sin. Maybe nothing is as peacefully put as a Berber jar on an empty well. Lovely virgin's hands gently carries it. Her henna died here, lavishly stroke it, and I wish, in lost moments of time, I wish my heart could be handled by another spectre I lately encountered. How much time do I still have? I still have more time. Okay. So this is a poem which has been inspired also by my uh, uh, travel to Georgia, Tbilisi. And I keep thinking about what is the meaning of love? What is my conception of love? Uh, a Muslim, a Moroccan, in an ex-Russian colonized uh, whatever country, I start to think about you know, the, the, uh, the conception of love. Uh, what does it mean to what does love mean to me? So it is called the transience of experience. What is my conception of love? Love is an old cotton jalaba I wear early sometimes in December when goods muse wanders alone the empty ex-Russian Georgian streets of Borjomi. Lisa found the perennial Canadian love probably in the wings of a broken dove. She tends to it by late May rose water. Sadly, she's unaware she will be abandoned again. 
You know that I know that nothing remains the same, even my grandmother assisted me. Let me just sip alone those cups of rusty mirage. My brown Turkish berry sits alone on the broken trim of a shaded window overlooking a battered copy of Truth and Method. Okay, more, I think more, more poems here. I didn't print in it. Uh, I, I, sometimes I don't write in my notebook. Uh, I keep my journal also, so. Uh, you like to, okay.